Hello, this is Tom Williams, and you are listening to Talk Theater in Chicago's Interview Podcast. You know, I've been a long believer that that uh, storefront theater, the little guys in town, are the ones that really make things happen and really do the innovative things. And uh, I've run across a group that I've been following for a while whose work has been terrific and whose innovations have been equally as terrific. So I'm going to let them introduce themselves. These are, these are the two guys who are the principals behind Oracle Productions. Gentlemen, introduce yourselves. Hi, I'm Brad Jahan Little. I'm executive director of Oracle Productions, and I've been with the company for about 10 years since its founding in 2001. And my name's Ben Foxen, and I am serving as the executive producer for Oracle Productions. I've been there for six years. Great. Now, uh, Gentlemen, let's start out with uh, with Brad. Tell us. Uh, oh, congr- meantime, congratulations on Iron Mistress getting Jeff recommended. Thank you. I thought it was a terrific play, a very, very tough play to do, but the the actors were really good in it. Yeah, yeah, we're really happy with the way it turned out. It looks. We're really happy with it. Yeah, you guys do some real, uh, real innovative and real uh, cutting edge uh, theater, and uh, you're to be complimented on that. Well, thank you. And thanks for the great review on ChicagoCritic.com. Well, thanks thanks for the plug. <laughs> <laughs> you know, why not? Uh, but the real purpose of me of getting you guys on is to explain how innovative you guys have been when it comes to terms of, uh, I, well, first thing I want to talk about is, is your public access theater, which I, I'll summarize it and say, you guys are, giving out free tickets. Yep. <laughs> In the shortest explanation, that's definitely it. We, uh, you know, uh, we we saw a need for it out of many problems that we were exploring trying to fix. And it's really, um, it's a product of, you know, the same type of process you go through in theater is, is how do you tell the story the right way? And you have to do that through exploring, you know, different pieces of it, trying new things. And it's really been like a three-year process for us to find ourselves here now where, you know, public access theater is really starting to gain some steam. Um, but really, you know, it's bore out of looking at the problems that are around storefront theater and trying to come up with a, with a solution for those problems that were plaguing us for years. And from our perspective, plaguing other small storefront theater communities. Which problem uh, do you mean? Uh, getting an attendance? Yeah, I think there's well, there's a there's a combination of things that that you always explore, at least from my perspective. Of uh, in a small storefront space, you're always looking for more audience, you're always looking for more donors, and you're always looking to do something else with your art than just art. And that was kind of the three things that we focused in on. And we have a history in the company, myself, Ben, and a lot of other individuals that come from um, like families and social situations where um, uh, volunteering in social aspects and bettering the community through work has been an important part of our lives growing up. And looking at the theater and what we love to do and the artistic pieces that we love to do, we, you know, we, we had to seriously ask ourselves, you know, if we are a charity, why aren't we acting more like one? Yeah, that's true. The non-for-profit status. Well, I don't know if it's totally a charity, but yeah, you're right. I think there is a, a ethical and moral responsibility to do that. Yeah, and w- the way we look at it is, you know, we ask the government, we ask foundations, we ask individuals, we ask everybody around us 
to help donate to make it happen. But then on the same edge, at the same time, two years ago, we were also asking for them to put a commercial ticket price into our hands as well. And we just we found that to just be kind of counter counterproductive, you know, in terms of how do you do more good with it? Okay, so so tell us how this works. Right now, anybody can come see the Iron Mistress uh, and not have to buy a ticket up front. Is that is that correct? That's absolutely true. On our website, um, oraclethater.org, we have a little link up at the corner that says tickets. You fill out a form, it drops into our database, and then we go in and clear out reservations and um, send you an email saying, hey, your seats are ready to go. We'll see you then. And really, there are no strings attached. It's not a kind of free, sometimes free, free if it benefits us. It's really, we are, we are put a stake in the ground and said, this is the way that we want to do things. And we want to be giving back to the community that supports us so wonderfully. Now, that's a great thing. But Ben, maybe you can explain this to me. Uh, how do you pay for things? Well, the the first piece of it is uh, looking at how you do an effective fundraising campaign as a not-for-profit theater company in the city of Chicago. Um, I think it holds true nationally as well, but, but you know, you got to have a strong board of directors that has lots of different ideas, uh, which we're still working on building our board of directors, if there's any interested board members out there. Um, and then uh, simultaneously, it's having it's having those different ways of capturing the donations as well. Uh, one of the main challenges that we faced when we started uh, really sitting down and trying to figure out how are we going to get people in the seats now that we're giving it away for free, uh, we had to change our mantra from from marketing to sell tickets to marketing to get donations. Uh, and and one of the big the most important things with that is that is that all of our marketing efforts have shifted basically to fundraising efforts. So you're not going to get an e-blast from Oracle that simply says, hey, we have this going on. You're going to get an e-blast from Oracle saying, we are public access. We are a public access arts organization. We believe that art should be available for everyone because it's a necessary part of life. So we give it away for free. By the way, here's what we have going on at our space uh, at 3809 North Broadway. Yeah, very much, this is Brad, very much in kind of the idea of, you know, NPR, where NPR does, you know, they spend a lot of their resources on their member drives, on their website, driving people back to the pledge, and they spend not as much time on really pounding the marketing on their programming itself. You know, I don't see very often ads for or calls or emails for, you know, one of their shows on Friday night, but I get emails all the time about supporting the station at large. The idea that we're here for the community and we have things going on at any given time, you can come participate, you know, and we're asking you to support the idea of it always being there. Well, let me ask you this now, because uh, I didn't notice it because I was, I was in a fog about something else at the end of your show, but... Uh, do do you guys ask at the show for for donations, or do you just let them know there's a donation box? Or I think it's a big jug, jug that I saw in your place. <laughs> um, one of the this is Ben. One of the the things that we found that works really really well uh, is having that that post show speech from an Oracle company member, uh, whether they're in the cast or whether they're house managing that night, uh, to come out and and share our ideological beliefs and 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 beg them for a little bit of support uh, for the free art that they've just seen. Uh, and then we we ask the, the actors to mingle with the audience 
uh, in the lobby afterwards to get conversations going and, and to, to engage them in, in the community of Oracle. Uh, and simultaneously then we'll hold out hats and we'll suggest in the, uh, to make, uh, to make a donation in the jug. Uh, there's also information in the program that allows them to, to fill it out to, to become one of our monthly sponsors. Um, and, and we engage them in that way when they're actually in our space. So. That's a great idea. Now, how has it been working? Uh, uh, are people donating on the spot? After oh, yeah. The show? Fred. Yeah. We were actually kind of surprised by it, to be quite honest. Um, the level of support that we got last season was r- really fantastic. And, you know, we've looked at the numbers. I've looked at the numbers, you know, a couple from a couple different angles for interpretation to say, you know, was it a successful season? Wasn't it a successful season? And every account that I look at or every time I try and put it in some sort of metaphor for me to kind of understand if we were successful or not, I always come out on top. And really what I've been saying to people is the way to think about it is you're not bringing your house in to pay a full ticket price. You know, that's not what we're trying to do. We're first trying to engage the community, get the community in there, seeing the work, make them think, make them love it, have them be engaged in it. Once you have them engaged, then it's a different conversation to have with them, which is what Ben was speaking to after the shows. We do that. We also do follow-up emails. And what we saw with it was the big difference is, you know, a lot of storefront theaters, you know, they get into week three, week four of their runs, and they've got five or six people in the house. I know. I've been you there. Know? I've and been there on some of those, and it's right. sad. And, it's and good, good the theater, too. Yeah, it's great theater. There's nothing. I mean, the shows are worth seeing. They're worth paying for. But what happens is there's so much out there that there isn't a reason for the need for somebody to come. Like it's something like it it will constantly be there in that paid model. And there's a lot of choices for that model out there. But what happens is when you have five or six people in the house that the actors just aren't the same, no matter how much we want to say professional actors give the same performance every time, there's an energy level with the house staff, with the stage manager, with the people that are working on the show when you're only seeing 15, 20% houses, even with a good show. So for us, when we remove that, when we remove that need to pay for entry, we all of a sudden saw that we we're at 95% capacity, you know, on a, Wait a minute, 95%? 95% capacity. And how many do you, uh, do you seat generally? Uh, last season it ranged from 36 to 48. Okay. Um, and that's, that's excellent. Yeah, and we turned away like 511. I should probably know that number off the top of my head, but we turned away about a little over 500 people last year because we just didn't have seats for them. So it's the difference of do you want five people in your house at $20 or $10 a head, or do you want 40 people in your house at $7 a head? You know, and when you start running the numbers, you see that at least in the paradigm of our size theater currently, the way that we're operating is it's a wash, you know? And the difference is, do you want eight people in your house or do you want a full house? Plus that community aspect you're developing, which in the long run is kind of going to kind of give your uh, community, your theater as a community, its legs. Exactly. And, you know, previously we would spend all this time and energy thinking about what gimmick can we come up with this week that's different than everybody else to get them to our $10 ticket show night. You know, and every theater company has this long list of, of, tactics that they use from a marketing perspective to just get people to buy tickets to come in. 
And when we changed to public access, we went back to that list and said, all right, now none of this applies. <laughs> We've had years of developing all these gimmicks. Now none of this applies. But what we found is the language to talk about it from a marketing perspective, now that it's public access, rolls right off the tongue. It's easy. Ideas flood to us now because when you're not selling it anymore, you can. I can think of a hundred ways to invite somebody to come and see the show. I can't think of that many ways to try and sell them on a ticket. Well, let me add something to it. Uh, one of the seems to me that one of the keys to your success is what you're putting on stage too. That you're selecting uh, not the same old, you know, comedies and dramas that you're doing some edgy, uh, avant-garde, you know, innovative productions for people to see. Yeah, absolutely. This is, this has been, um, up until, uh, the middle of last year, I was serving as Oracle's artistic director, uh, for the theater program, but we had been dabbling around with some other, uh, other kinds of artistic mediums and, and really wanting to get some full programming going with that. Uh, and so, uh, we brought in Max Truax to, to be the artistic director of our theater department. He's a major uh, talent, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And we're, and we are very, very proud to have him, uh, on board. Uh, and he, he will, he will be leading the artistic vision of, of our live stage performances, uh, for the foreseeable future. Um, but one of the, one of the main goals going public access was as we were looking as we were looking at all of the, the, the research uh, that we had found on other artistic uh, organizations that were giving away things for free or had some outlet in it that, that was meant to, to bring in more uh, community members of the community, uh, we saw that it's, it's imperative when giving it away for free that you, 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 continue, you have to continue to challenge the, uh, the cultural fabric of America, um, that it's, it's not about it's not about making the art necessarily accessible to everyone. It's about giving it's about giving them access to come and see the art so that their lives can be enriched fully by the expression of the artists that are involved. Yeah, and uh, and people respond to that, don't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We've we've had some really wonderful successes in the last year, both both on our stage and in some of our other programs. So. So you have you also have the sponsorship program. Explain how that works. So uh, this is Brad. We we looked at you know what are ways when when you examine the business model. When we sat down to examine the business model, when you know we started answering some of these questions, we kept coming back to the same answer: like how do we get more audience? How do we get people more engaged with our art? How do we you know? And all of these questions all kept leading back to well, let's give it away for free. Um, I believe it was our 09-10 season. We printed up a whole bunch of season passes and passed them out to all of our friends and people that came and saw our shows over and over again and said, here's a free season pass. And we wanted to kind of see what happened with that. So when we gave those season passes away three years ago, all of a sudden these hundred people kept coming back for every show and they were bringing people with them. And because of that, these people were that were that were supporting us at, at a ticketing model previously where it said, don't buy tickets from us anymore. Here's a pass. Bring people instead of bringing your money. We found that those people would come and they were so surprised that they were going to see a show and the show was going to be good and then they didn't have to pay for it. They were pulling their wallets out on their own saying, let me give you some money. I feel bad. <laughs> that was really good. I feel like I should pay for it, you know. And so 
as we kind of started talking to some of those people and throwing ideas out and we said, all right, well, this is a brand new idea. What are some of like the new ways in which people are raising money? Well, you know, with the advent of the internet and a lot of the processing companies, it allows you to do these monthly donations. And so we looked at it and said, well, there's a lot of people around us that are in that 20 to 30 demographic. That's where a large portion of our demographic is that, well, really 20 to 40 is our demographic. And a lot of people like that, I, I can go to and say, hey, do you like what we're doing? They say, yes. Do you want to support us? Yes. How about you give me $60? They're like, uh, you know, whereas instead now we can say the same questions, but that last question is, well, will you buy us a cup of coffee every month? Will you give us a $5 Starbucks coffee every month? And by the end of the year, you've given us a donation that's substantial and pays for that seat over the course of an entire season, on top of which you're also giving away three additional seats on top of the three that you've quote-unquote bought. So it, it changes the dynamics of how you approach the donor relationship, where it's not always asking people to write us a check. That that modality is as, you know, as old as theater itself, you know. So with a new business model, it was like, where are new ways that we could do this revenue? And we found the small micro donation grassroots has been a very fruitful endeavor for us. That's that's actually, that's brilliant. Uh, I, I can't believe that no one else has thought of it or tried to do it. Maybe others have, but they just haven't had the chutzpah to make it go. Because that, that's quite a gamble on you guys' part. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It was definitely throwing the dice. I mean, it was definitely a, it was a calculated decision. Don't get me wrong. I did a fair amount of research, reading and running of numbers prior to, uh, us really, you know, going at it full force. Um, but it was still definitely a gamble because at the end of the day, you know, and, and what's really important about it, you know, is me serving as the, uh, the executive director is I look at it and we have a really strong art going on right now with a real strong business model. And I really believe there's a yin and yang between the two things that all this free theater in the world wouldn't be a hill of beans if we weren't challenging audiences. You know, if you're pandering to audiences and making your shows, you know, purposefully, artistically accessible and spoon feeding, you just lose some of that buy to say, hey, look at this visionary place that we're going. Yeah, you know? right. And that's what that's what sitcom television's for, I guess. Right, exactly. Yeah, you know, it just <laughs> makes me want to vomit sometimes. Right. <laughs> and and you guys are certainly uh approaching to your demographic, which is an important one because as you know, I I I go to all the opening nights and and all the big guys uh theaters, you know, I'm in my 60s and I'm one of the youngest ones on opening night. You know, and I say to myself, what's, what's going to happen to theater, uh, you know, in the future uh, when, when we all die off? Well, yeah. you guys certainly have, are working on a model. Let me save it. Yeah. One of the, one of the big things that, that when we take a look at, uh, everything that's happened over the, the course of the last year, I think one of the most important things we did was sit down and really review, uh, our, our business model from the standpoint of what it means to be a not-for-profit organization, which as, as any theater person or, or person who works for a not-for-profit will tell you begins with the mission statement. And, and we really want it to be a, a mission-driven organization that, uh, that was based in service, uh, rather than a product 
and and we feel that that is going to be a necessary uh, shift for for any uh, small not-for-profit arts organization in the future is understanding how they can provide a service to the community uh, so that the community uh, gets back to a place where they're depending on these these art institutions to to bolster the community and enrich the lives of the people that live in the community. All right, let's um, talk about some of the other things you're doing for the community besides just running uh, the theater. You have a couple other programs that that you ought to talk to us about. Absolutely, um, I think one of the one of our favorite programs that we have running right now uh, is part of our as part of our Oracle Outreach Department. Uh, and that, that's, that's our community service department where we come up with ideas of how to, how to bring our art, uh, from out, from inside our theater into the, into the world outside. Um, and also how to engage other artists from the outside world that may not have the means. Uh, but one of our main outreach initiatives, uh, is serving the, the senior living communities in our neighborhoods as well as the homeless shelters. Uh, and we, we put together, we've been, uh, Playing around with a with a performance style in which you'll take a pre-recorded radio show, uh, an, an old episode from you know something like The Adventures of Philip Marlowe or The Shadow, uh, Gunsmoke, you know all the favorites, and uh, just one single episode we'll take and we will have the actors uh, learn the lines from it, but rather than saying them out loud, they will lip sync to the actual recording. Uh, then we have some shadow screens that they that they run behind and do some shadow work and so on and so forth. And we make these these single episodes uh, portable so that we can take them to the the nursing homes or to the senior retirement homes, uh, the the retirement condominium buildings, uh, or to the homeless shelters, uh, so that we can give them a performance. And again, it's all for free. We've had wonderful success with this, uh, and it builds. It builds up to every, well, last year was our first year, but we're going to do it again this year. Uh, we'll take the, the first three shows that we do in the year and we stage them on our main stage in a, in a program we call Radio Goggles. Uh, but last year, for example, um, well, I, I should say that, that, uh, last year we, we had the opportunity to go out to 18 different nursing homes and homeless shelters. Uh, and we counted approximately 546 uh, people that that participated in the theater, whereas they may not have had an opportunity to get away from those living situations prior to that. That is terrific. And and what's this? Uh, the, the television I saw in your in your brochure. Yeah, that's our. This is Brad. That's yeah. our little. Uh, I don't know. One of my little pet projects that yeah. I have right now. Um, it's called Light. It's live interactive televised events. It's an acronym, and it's basically leveraging the world of live streaming of video that is popping up in today's society and and meshing it with theater whereas it's you know kind of that combination of television and theater where it's live and you can interact with the show as you would if you were sitting in the house but it's not in the house it's on the internet and what's been really cool with it is uh we've had a couple real significant things that I've really kind of kind of cocked my head to the side and said, oh, I hadn't thought about that. You know, we received an email um, from one of our artist's mother that says that she can't travel anymore and that her son moved to Chicago to start doing theater and she hasn't been able to see any of his shows since he moved to Chicago. 
But because we live streamed it, she was able to watch him in Chicago for the first time after years of him being here. It's a great idea. But yeah. what what about rights? Uh, do you get any rights problems? Uh? The the shows that we've that we've live streamed so far have all been in the public domain. Um, and every time we enter into negotiations with a publishing company or whomever those stakeholders might be that that own the performance rights, we always throw it out there, you know, because who knows. Uh, if that might be, they might be interested in having a performance. I think there's a, there's a chance and don't, I mean, well, I suppose it's all quoting at this point. Don't quote <laughs> me on this, but, but with the success of Iron Mistress, uh, and with the way that, that it works, working with, uh, agencies over in Europe and specifically, uh, in the UK, uh, she might be interested in having us live stream one of our performances of Iron Mistress. Well, as long as you guys are non-equity, you're going to take a big, uh, you know, you got a better chance because I know the mm-hmm. I love equity, but they make it harder to do more than one media because you know everybody wants you know wants their, their little cut. Yeah, they, yep. but <laughs> that's a great idea and probably uh, uh, new works. Yep, yeah, new works. Yeah. Um, most of the radio shows that we do are are well within the public domain uh, in terms of of the way that 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 you can share the Creative Commons license on them. Um, last year. We offered our services to the the entire VoiceSec project that that many Chicago theaters participated in, uh, and we we traveled we we made it portable so that we could travel around and live stream all of the different VoiceSec project events as well. So. Wow, uh, where is a link? Can you give us a link? Yeah, where people can see our, some of. The, uh, is yeah, it on your site? Yeah, on oracletheater.org. There's a little icon on the left that's a live stream icon. It's red, black, and white, and that gets you there. I haven't looked. I'm de- definitely going to look because I think that's a great idea. Uh, and it's- yeah, it's been a lot of fun to do. And you know, on top of it, we've also been putting together um, original programming as well. Um, on top of it for that live stream. So, like we have tonight, it's live with Tom Bambera, and that's a late night Conan O'Brien esque show where we bring on local Chicago talent to talk about what they're doing. Oh, yeah. And again, they can go to the site if yep. if someone you know wants to. Wave their hand, say, I'm here, I'll come on. Absolutely, yep. That's a that's a great idea, wow. Now, because uh, we're running out of time, I want to make sure we talk about uh, you're looking for a new home. You're trying to raise 150000 <laughs> And, you know, when I first saw that, I go, yeah, hundred fifty. But, you know, the more I listen to you guys, you guys are going to do it. Yes, I know. I feel just as confident as you do, Tom. We, You know, uh, when we're looking at it, you know, we did this public access uh, season one. And the biggest surprise on the back end of it was 95% capacity. You know, when we were entering into it, when I was running all of my numbers to make sure, you know, to mitigate as much risk in making this decision, I had always run it at like a 50% house because that was twice as better than the 25% houses we had when we were selling tickets. So I'm like, well, we got to do at least twice as better. So I ran all the numbers at 50% and felt okay about making the decision to go free, but then on the back end, when we were at 95% capacity, it was like, oh, man, that was season one. That was the first go around, and not everybody knows about what we're even doing yet. So when we started looking at this season, it was pretty locked in by the time we started last season. And we looked forward into 2013, and we're like, we need more space. We need to expand the amount of audience members that we can come in simply because we're out of space, which is a great yeah. problem to have. You know, yeah, all the problems in theater not having enough seats for everybody that wants to see your show is a fantastic problem to have. So we're going to be pounding the streets. 
We're going to be asking for micro donations like we always do. The way that we're looking at it and the way that we're telling a lot of people that do want to become, you know, a philanthropist and help public access serve, you know, 10 times as many people is sign up now to be a monthly sponsor. Because if you sign up now to be a monthly sponsor, we can take little bits of money over the next two years so that by the time we move into a new space, that your donation number is is a good, solid number. You have participated fully in making this space. Yeah, I, I see in, in your literature, uh, you're talking about there'll be 125 seats available. Mm-hmm. Is, that, is that about the size of house you're looking for? Yep. Yep, that's what we're Do you have a place right in now. mind? I don't give it away until you sign a deal, but are you going <laughs> to stay in the our, same basic area? Or we what? have our eye on a couple of places and not, not too, uh, uh, not too different, but we're, yeah. we are particularly interested in, in spaces that are in the 46th ward. Um, Alderman Kappelman has got some great initiatives and we have a relationship with him. And so we're interested in, in finding something that's close to our home base. So. Yeah, and the 46th Ward has a lot of up and comingness over the next. Oh yes, yes. You know, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of TIF money up there. There's a lot of ideas on like the Wilson stop, and you know, there's just so much. There's so many plans for the 46th Ward that it, you know, we've been here, we've been contributing to it for the last six years, and we want to continue contributing to the 46th Ward. You guys are really on an on an amazing roll, and this is a story that. Uh, that has to get out. I, I, I'm so glad when I walked in to see Iron Master that Brad that you started mentioning about because you know I, I had read a little about your concept, but I didn't totally understand it. And, and quite frankly, I thought it was you know they, they're they're desperate or you know I, right. but I didn't realize how well it was planned out. I guess I have one question: when you were talking about the end of your first year with the 95 percent mm-hmm. occupancy in raw dollars, did you come out ahead? Uh, versus having, you know, 10 or 15 people paying the normal fee? I can tell you that we added 186 sponsors last year. Okay. So, you know, again, it comes out to when you, when you think about like what we're doing is the, the ticket sales and the donations, they just don't quite equate because we have these people that say to us, you know, hey, I want to support you, but to be quite honest, about 20% of our sponsors, our monthly sponsors, don't even live in Chicago. They live out of state. Wow. And they love what we're doing, and they, they're they participating in it from afar. Another reason why our little television channel that we have is, is important to us. Um, but so it's like these people aren't necessarily even coming to see our shows in the space. So, you know, we move that 95% capacity, but our revenue is not all coming in from that 95% capacity okay. as you would normally think about it in terms of ticket sales. And, and in a way, it doesn't make any difference as long exactly. as the money's there. Yeah, exactly. And that's where we work, where we've thrown out all the marketing tactics of how do you sell tickets? We tossed it all out the window. And now everything we do is about gaining sponsors and donations to support the larger idea and the larger vision of where we're going. Well, and you guys are are walking the walk. You're not just talking. I mean, you're you're filling up your houses and you're doing all these things, outreach things in the community and the and the, the you know the internet thing. I think is fabulous. This is you know wow. If, if someone wanted to get involved, they would go to what to your site? Uh, OracleTheater.org. Yep, there's a link to contact us or you know Oracle.theater at gmail.com is an easy way too. Terrific. And and folks, uh, as I said. These these guys are proven that uh, storefront theaters are the ones coming up with the ideas, not only producing great art, but but 
finding ways of of, of doing what theater does best, get involved in the communities. You guys are to be congratulated. Well, thank you, Tom. Thank you, Tom. And I and I'm sure that that uh, things are going to go. So, folks, if you're interested, if you're if you're a rich person looking for something to get involved in, they're looking for board members and they're looking for some. People can write some nice five-figure checks. You guys wouldn't mind that, would you? Not at all. Yeah. <laughs> and, and and they're worthy because they're producing great art and they're and they're sincere in what they're doing. And they're they certainly have the spot to to keep going. So thanks, guys. And Thank you. Go see a play this week, folks. Thanks for listening. <laughs>